This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm Ray Harkins. I'm stuffy. My allergies are bothering me. And the reason that is, is because I'm in Chicago. And that is why the episode is delayed by one day. I apologize for that. But it is worth it because you don't pay anything for it and it's free. (laughs) Well, I guess that's the same thing. But anyways, thanks for bearing with me. The guest this week is Misty, Misty, Mr. Eddie Brewerton. And he is the vocalist for a band called Mooseblood, who, for any of you who have paid attention to the show, know that I have a large, large affinity for the band and for all the members of it, and I'm I'm just excited that they are doing so extremely well. And their new record comes out, I want to say August. Uh, I, release dates are really unimportant to me, <laughs> but I'm very excited for all the things that they're going to do. And so I was like, you know what? I need Eddie on the show because I had... Glenn the drummer, gosh, maybe two years ago on the show, and um, yeah, it was a really fun time, and I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we can we can highlight these good bands, and then they keep growing, and people check them out because of the show, and all that fun stuff, so anyways, I'm going to keep the intro short, because um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm beat, I'm here in Chicago for a podcast conference for my day job, and uh, I'm also getting to see a bunch of old friends, and uh, hang out with some new people, and it's just uh, it's fun stuff in general. So um, here's my conversation with Eddie, and uh, hope, hopefully you enjoy the uh, the English chap. He's like the sweetest guy of all time. So, anyways, here's Eddie, and I will talk to you after the show's over. So yeah, usually I start these things off with just like my own kind of personal entry point to, uh, you know, you obviously your music and all that stuff. And it was, um, the, uh, more specifically with you, because, uh, I don't need to describe my love for the band and, or you as a human being too much because I've done it in very many public forums already. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I think the thing that just kind of, I don't know, really captured me about you guys was, um, I just it's this weird connection that it's just like I look at you guys obviously you're you're normal human beings there's no um, you know fakeness or artifice about you um, and I just saw like my connection to your band and your music replicated in like almost everybody that got into your stuff it was like it, it basically it mimicked the feeling that I had with you know whatever like a 15 year old girl from the UK and I'm just like <laughs> It's weird because there are very few bands that kind of tap into that. Like, do, do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Like, I just definitely see, I just see the people react to you in in a, in a different way than um, you know maybe most other bands. Like, is that um, you know how does that kind of sit in your head? Do you notice that that sort of uh, I guess passionate interaction? I guess I guess so. It's, I guess it's something we don't really. I guess we don't think about too much, I guess, but yeah, definitely. I mean, people that, that really like us, really like us, if that makes sense. Like, uh, 
people are really nice and people are i guess the people that like our band always always kind of want to come up and talk and yeah i guess like you say it like you can kind of relate to that being especially when i was younger with bands and stuff right. you really get yeah you, like you love a band so much and people have i guess a few, a few people have been like that with us and it's, it's incredible really i can't believe people feel that way about music we write you know right <laughs> i also do notice and i think this is uh something that's in your in your favor in my opinion where people either like love you and really love you or they're yeah. like yo that band sucks like you <laughs> yeah you don't have a middle ground of band like people that are just like i oh, miss bloods kind of whatever like there's either there's either a strong reaction one way or another do you do you see that too definitely but i think that's that's natural i mean i think it's like you said i think that's kind of a good thing i think it's nice to the people that, that do like us really like us you know i think that's kind of overwhelming i guess it's really nice you know right (laughs) i i have a feeling you're gonna be saying that a lot eddie (laughs) i do say that a lot yeah (laughs) and it's it's um i I don't i don't want to use the word charming because i know that that has been said many times about (laughs) you know you and you the way you react to people giving you compliments but it's um I, I, I'm more so impressed by the fact that like, obviously it's, uh, it still seems all like so new and fresh to you, even though, you know, obviously you've been doing it for a, a while. For a little now. while. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, it, it really like, we say, we say it all the time, especially like when we do interviews and stuff, we say how, I guess how happy and how lucky we feel, but it's, it's because it's the truth. You know, we, we do genuinely mean it. We can't, we don't think that we deserve to be doing the things we're doing and the people are so lovely and, yeah we do genuinely we can't believe that it's happening you know so i guess yeah like you say i will probably say how nice it is and how lovely people are all this whole this whole talk or whatever but it's because i genuinely mean it you know sure it's crazy like, to us you're like there's literally no other way to describe it <laughs> yeah because it hasn't it hasn't kind of sunk into us it hasn't become normal to us that people like our band you know no that's true that's, I, that's interesting because yeah i guess you do get to a certain point where um not like you develop an ego but maybe you expect a certain amount of people to like what you do yeah maybe but then yeah but then maybe that's when you tip over to the point of where your art kind of feels like the job that you're doing you know yeah well, I, well it doesn't feel like that yet so right <laughs> which is good um <laughs> so you you were I, I presume born and raised in the uk yeah yeah where so uh, narrow this down for me because I, I I'm only familiar with certain pockets of, of the UK okay. obviously with uh, like you know Brighton um, obviously London so where where yeah. are you in proximity to that so I was I was born in like southeast London so uh, a little place called I was born in Greenwich which is you've heard of Greenwich right I I've heard of Greenwich yes okay so yeah I was born there but then I grew up in a, in a place called Abbey Wood which is this kind of I don't even know how to explain it to be honest. Um, like 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 almost like a little like loads of little estates if that makes sense and okay it's just this kind of small little little town in southeast london i grew up there and until i lived there until i was about 16 and then that's when i moved to kent i moved to canterbury or near canterbury with my mom and dad and that's obviously where i am now you know i've been there ever since right um and so the uh so like would you would you classify i guess the city that you kind of got raised in was it kind of like a, a suburb in a way like you know how we obviously describe suburbs here in in america or is that like it, you can't even relate that it was uh I, oh, it's, it's a well when i when i i guess when i was younger it was kind of nice but now it's, it's, a, it's a horrible place <laughs> really well yeah it's not great but 
you know, it was nice when I lived there sure. when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> and what what was your uh, like like you said your 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 mom and dad? And forgive me, I'm going to use my uh, euf- not euphemisms, but I'm going to try to speak <laughs> like you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm going to butcher it, obviously. But so yeah, yeah your mom and dad. <laughs> so, and did you? Spot uh, on that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> did you uh, brothers and sisters too? No, I'm an only child. Oh, that's, that's, that's I, I yeah, liked we, you for many reasons. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, my mum was and dad were really close with their like their, their brothers and sisters. So I had cousins everywhere. You know, I was I kind of grew up with them being like really close to me, I guess. But no, I'm an only child. Got it. And what did your uh, what did your parents do for a living as you were growing up? Uh, my dad's like a printer. He used to print like wallpaper, and he does he he prints like packaging for certain companies now. My mum was a teacher. Oh, okay. Like what? Yeah. Uh, what grades was it? Younger kids or older? Okay, kids? so it's reception here. I'm not sure. What, uh, so like four to five eight years years old. Oh, okay. I don't know what you, I don't know what you call it. I think that would be ki- kindergarten. We call it here. I think. Okay. Or pre yeah, pre K. Sometimes that's called too. If like okay, yeah. Anyways, but so kind of like. Would you call that nursery school over there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, we call it reception. It's like the, it's the one above nursery. So it, it's the one before you start. So it is proper school, but it's not. Oh, I don't know how to explain. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Well, I, yeah, I, it's, I, I, I always like these because it's like I mean, you know, whatever we call it, college. Everybody else calls it university. I just love these these distinctions you make. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, around four to five year old she teaches. <laughs> Got it. Did she? Did you actually go to her school? I did, yeah, like primary school. So up until I was nearly eleven, I went to the school she t- she taught at. I always find that interesting. I mean, my my mother and uh, my wife are both school teachers, and so like oh, I, cool. I, th- I think if I didn't get consumed by music, I probably would have entered the teaching profession. But everyone always yeah. asked, everyone always asked me if I, you know, had them when I was younger, and I, you know, I didn't. Not my wife, obviously, but my mother. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I w- was it uh, was it weird for you to have your mom there, like on school grounds, or was it just kind of like, oh, it's cool. Well, it's, it's it's kind of strange. Loads of my family work at that school, so I had my mum, my auntie, like my cousins coming in, working like lunch shifts and things like that. So I guess it was just normality to me. But I, I guess some people may may have found it a little bit strange. If it, if, but um, yeah, I was so used to it. That's so <laughs> like cool. Every, it was everyone like, went out there. <laughs> it's like a family picnic every lunch. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And so you. Um, you strike me as a very kind of uh, quiet and sort of introspective person. Like, you know, no one, I think if, you know, uh, people that obviously knew you when you were younger be like, oh, Eddie is going to be like this, you know, quote unquote rock star singing in a <laughs> band. Like, um, yeah, is that, I mean, have you kind of been like how you are right now? Like, has that always been kind of who you were? I think so. I've, I've always been pretty quiet. I find the... Uh... Yeah, I find talking and kind of meeting new people a little bit difficult, I guess, but... Yeah, it's definitely. That's never, never been any different, really. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I would maybe equate it too, because a lot of people say that you know only children uh, tend to keep to themselves because you know obviously you're by yourself a lot of the time. I guess so. Yeah. Um. So did you uh like w- what kind of kid did you find yourself being? Were you you know always playing outside? Were you you know drawing, painting? Like what was your sort of uh, I guess oh, I expression? I used to think I was really good at like going out on my BMX and, <laughs> and things like that, but I don't think I was very much. But I, I was lucky enough that I had a few like pretty good friends that lived kind of on my street, so I was always out and about, you know. But I, I love being with my mum and dad. I've always kind of been like that. I still am now. Um, but I was never really into like art or anything like that. I, I like soldiers. 
Sure. <laughs> so like, yeah. Did you, you? I presume you guys had like GI Joes over there, yeah? I don't think so. It's no, not Action okay. Man. Action Man, and then, you know the little tiny. I don't know if you have the little tiny plastic kind of army soldiers, and you buy like you buy like a hundred in a packet for like a pound. Yeah, bread. absolutely. Yeah, and then I was them, me and my mum. Oh, you and your mom would play those. Me and my mum used to make like make like a. We used to get a big box and kind of turn it into like huge like battlefields and stuff. We'd get like sand and glue it all in like grass and stuff. It was pretty fun. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I definitely recall myself. Um, burning those at some point too because <laughs> yeah, a, lot, a lot of my friends did that <laughs> yeah you could you could melt them when you were older <laughs> yeah. I, def- I have a memory too where i was uh i think i was maybe uh, nine or ten and i definitely um so we i'm fairly certain you have probably seen the like wd-40 which is basically <laughs> something you spray on like uh yeah okay so i figured out that you could spray uh these army men with the wd-40 and it would the flame would be bigger and then so okay. I, remember, I remember in the garage of my house like making a trail of wd-40 with like you know, and it, I, my mom found out what i was doing and she was like you could have burnt the house down <laughs> definitely <laughs> that's awesome but I, I like that image of you obviously building these these battlefields with your mom that's awesome yeah it's fun um and so then, uh, you know, as you were kind of, uh, BMXing around with your friends and stuff like that, um, I mean, were you doing like half pipes? Like, did you have sort of a, I guess a vision of being like, oh, this would be great to be a, you know, BMX rider, whatever that meant. I was, I was far too scared. We had a little, um, we, we had a couple of skate parks or whatever near where we were living, but we had this kind of dirt, I guess like dirt jumps or whatever you call it in the woods, kind of up a hill from where we were living. But I was, I was always far too scared to kind of go over anything big. So I'd, <laughs> I'd just kind of go around and just watch everyone else. <laughs> That's amazing. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, you could watch your friends and be like, Hey, great move. I'm not going to do that. Exactly. And I saw them hurt themselves way too many times. You know, so right. I'm glad I wasn't, I wasn't one of those. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, and were you, uh, were you a good student? Like, did you care about school? Were you, um, just because obviously your, you know, your parents and a bunch of your family was in the teaching profession or working at the school? Yeah, I think I really did in, in primary school until I went, so up to like, yeah, like 10 years old, I really cared. And then I kind of lost a little bit of interest, I guess, once I moved up to the next school, but I I was always pretty good. I I tried. I, I didn't do too bad when I left, you know, like my final exams wasn't. Wasn't the worst uh, results I could have got, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been better, but they weren't terrible. <laughs> right. So, did you find yourself um, like was there? Because obviously, uh, you know, once once kids start to, um, you know, maybe not do as good as they should in school, like there obviously is some friction with with parents and being like, oh, you know, Eddie, you need to apply yourself more, or whatever. Was there any yeah. of that, or were they just kind of like, oh, we're we're satisfied with what Eddie is doing so far? Yeah, not yeah. They they, they were really cool, really. Like, I, like I said, I was never failing. Or I was never doing terrible i was never in any kind of like massive trouble or anything at school so i think i think they were happy enough i hope at least right <laughs> you've never had that discussion with them mom you okay no. <laughs> <laughs> um and so when did uh i guess independent music start to kind of come into uh your your vision you know who introduced you to it because obviously you don't have the uh, luxury of having an older brother or sister to be like no. oh, hey here's these records or whatever so how'd you trip across it I mean, I, I was always into, uh, from, I can't even remember what age, but I was always into into listening to bands and listening to music. And then I guess when I got to about maybe 13, 14, I, got, I started getting into the, the smaller bands. And we, there was always like great kind of hardcore shows and things like that in London, which wasn't too far from, it was like a 20 minute journey from where we were living. So 
me and me and a couple of friends were kind of getting the train up and going to smaller shows. I, I can't really remember the first couple, like few bands really that got me into it. It was more kind of local bands that no one has ever heard of, you know. Right, that never went out and did anything outside the UK or even I get, the local town. Yeah, just just like meeting people just through just through other friends, and then their bands would be playing, so we'd go watch them. But um, it, it kind of I kind of grasped onto it pretty early on. I guess it was quite exciting. I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always find the UK really interesting too, because there are so many bands that have done like really, really well in the UK and like kind of don't translate to many other places. Yeah. Like I'm specifically focusing on like, you know, maybe late nineties, early two thousands where it's like, you have bands like, uh, you know, hundred reasons or like yeah. funeral for a friend, which, you know, they did well over here, but like not to the extent of what they were in the UK. Yeah, see that, That's crazy to me. They were huge here for a long time, you know? Yeah. And I find it so funny because it's just like, there's very little, um, there's just no rhyme or reason for it for me where it's just like yeah. these bands sound like other bands that we have that are over here that are popular. And maybe that's the reason because maybe they don't feel like they can attach onto it or whatever. But, um, so did, did you like, did you find yourself going to like those larger shows too? Or was it always kind of the, you know, local, it, it, I guess it definitely started like that. I mean, I went to see funeral for friends, like they've been one of my favorite bands for since I can remember, you know, and we were lucky enough that was our first ever tour in this band was with that band, which is crazy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, which is nuts. But yeah, I was always like Brixton Academy and things like that. We went to see like Funeral for a Friend. I remember Link, do you remember Linkin Park, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the, yeah, I was, the, I guess it started with the, with the bigger shows, but I, I still kind of like all of those bands, you know? Oh, there's, there's no shame in that. I mean, I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously now it's at the point where people don't need to feel like they have those whatever guilty pleasures because it's like. Oh, no, I don't have any. I love them more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially too, if they're like kind of the fabric of how you got into music you can't be like oh corn's terrible and you're like dude everybody listened to blind at one point and thought it was the heaviest thing of all time still to this day one of my favorite bands (laughs) (laughs) totally it's like you need need to be ashamed about that okay real talk here i am so so excited about this sponsor that Actually, you know what? I have someone else who's very excited about this sponsor, and that's my dog, Callie, K-A-L-I. She's amazing. And we had an incredible experience with a company called BarkBox. So basically, what, what is BarkBox? Well, first of all, what I want you to do is go to BarkBox.com slash words. That's B-A-R-K-B-O-X dot com slash words. Check out what they got for you. But basically, what it is, is it's a subscription service for your dog. And I know for some people, it's like, oh, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. No, it is not ridiculous. It's the best thing ever. What they do is they ship you two to three toys, four to six snacks that you won't find anywhere else. Like if you're going to go to your local pet store or whatever, you're going to find the honestly horrible quality uh, treats and toys. This is high quality stuff. So when I got my bark box, opened it up, my dog started freaking out because all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's toys and there's snacks in here for me. It's amazing stuff. And what they do is they you tell them how large your dog is and then you choose a plan one month six months 12 months you can cancel anytime there's free shipping and they're shipped on the 15th of every month and it's it, within the continental u.s you get free shipping so there's there's no risk from that perspective so what they do 
is they make your life so much more fun with you and your dog. Because my dog's my best friend. I mean, I got my wife, I got my kid, and that's cool, but my dog, we're good. So basically, you go to BarkBox.com slash words, and when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan, don't tell anybody, but I will give you a free month for free. That means a free month of toys, of treats for you to celebrate with your pup. Like I said, BarkBox.com slash words. Dive in. You will get a free month when you sign up to one of those plans. And I'll be frank. I did. I did immediately. After I got my first box, I was like, yo, this is, this is the real deal. So we love BarkBox. And if you have your dog, if you have a dog, or if you, your mom has a dog, or your dad has a dog, it's a perfect gift or something to get for yourself and your pup. Do it up. BarkBox is amazing. You'll love it. And so, like, did did you immediately grasp onto like you know going to shows like was this was this something you were just really identified with or did you kind of just you know go along initially because obviously a lot of friends of you were doing it um how did you kind of you know get more involved i I think it was more at the start was yeah like i say it was friends bands playing like you know like tiny little playing in pubs and stuff i just really enjoyed the whole just a group of friends going to watch watch some music no matter if the, the band were good or not it was just a nice night out you know or a couple of hours out I just really enjoyed it but then I started really enjoying some of the bands and they were getting a little bit more recognition I guess and the shows were getting a little bit bigger and more people turning up and yeah, I just found it really exciting it was uh, like I said I guess by this point where I was living wasn't great so I didn't want to just be walking around just uh, right. hanging out like anyone else so it gave me something to do with the evenings I guess sure um, and did uh, did guitar come into your life at that point too or was that a little bit later I think it was uh, maybe around 12, 13 my dad bought me he just brought me home a guitar one day he came home from work and brought it for me and uh, I, I just loved it straight away like I couldn't put it down and he brought me this uh, I, don't know, I don't even know what it's like, like a multi-effects pedal kind of thing and I just plug it into my little hi-fi system right. I just play for play for hours I was terrible for a long time but I used to love it you know oh sure yeah yeah that's, that's the whole point you just make yeah. horrendous noise for a long time and just then... as much distortion as possible yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I think my favorite trend, especially of, uh, you know, early uh, whatever, well, not early, but like, you know, whatever, mid to late 90s to early 2000s hardcore was like the Metal Zone effects pedal. It's like, yeah, that was the pinnacle of sounding awesome, even though in retrospect, it sounds terrible. You could play anything and it sounds pretty decent. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's true. Actually, I didn't think of it that way where it was like it basically masked all of the inadequacies most people had playing guitar. Exactly. Just put it in drop D and it's fine. <laughs> That's funny. So why did your dad bring you home the guitar? Like, was it, was it something you asked for? Or he was just like, Oh, I think Eddie will like this. Yeah. He, um, he used to play bass in like a few punk bands and stuff when he was a bit younger. So there was always a bass guitar knocking about and he, he would give me little lessons and stuff when I was growing up and I used to really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I think I said to him one day, I just, I just want to learn guitar and he, he He's awesome, so he's brought me one home. Wow, dude! So you, yeah. you, you, your dad was an old punker. That's amazing. He was. Yeah. So, like, did he did he play in bands and like do you know put out some records or anything like that? Or was no, I, th- he, I think he was in a bunch of like covers bands and um, yeah, just just friends with bands. He'd play a few like small pub shows and things like that. Nothing serious, but yeah, he he did that. He'd, well, I always remember him talking about it. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's cool. I, well, I'm sure that made it easier for him in some respects to understand kind of what you were doing. He's always been like that, you know, so understanding, so supportive, really, like really pushed me. He was, you know, trying to, he didn't know guitar too well, but as soon as I got here, he was trying to teach me everything he knew, you know. Right. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, really cool. Because, yeah, obviously the usual 
uh, strife that comes with parents and kids once they start to try to, you know, hey, I'm going to drop like my life and do this band. That's when <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I'm sure, like you said, because your dad was, uh, or both your parents were understanding, it made it a lot easier. Yeah, they got it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then, uh, as you started to go through, you know, uh, what you call it secondary school or what, what do you, what do you call high school over there? <laughs> Secondary school, high school, yeah. Okay. I call it secondary school. Everyone where I live now calls it high school. So, same thing. Okay, same thing. So, as you were kind of going through that and started to, you know, develop more of who you were as a person, um, you know, did you have plans as far as like what you wanted to do from a job perspective or was there a path that you were headed on or was it just kind of like, eh, whatever, I'm just hanging out? I, um, I honestly had no clue. (laughs) There was nothing that really like kind of grabbed me or what I wanted to do. I was just kind of, just, just kind of getting by, I guess, and just, just, I don't know, just doing the lessons. I, I had no kind of goal or, or plan of what kind of career I'd want to get into. You know, I always loved music, but I never ever saw that as a, as an option. You know, mm-hmm. you, I, um, you also strike me as a very, um, are, are you a pretty easygoing person? I try to be. Okay, you try, you try to be, but you I don't think I am. Are. <laughs> well, because it just—it sounds to me that like you're, you're uh, just the way that you're describing yourself in these instances, where it's like you're kind of a you know go with the flow person, where it's like okay, well, I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of just kind of existing, and not in a bad way. Like you don't care about anything, but you're just kind of like, well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll I'll see where this goes. I was just happy doing whatever. I guess. Yeah, I had no. I should have done. I guess I should have really been focused on something, but I don't know. Nothing really grabbed me too much when I was a bit younger. Sure. Um, yes. And so what, Moose Blood can't have, couldn't have been your first actual band, right? Did you play in bands before this? I've been in so many terrible bands. Mate. Oh, please, please, <laughs> please shower me with some of the. So, like, what was your first kind of uh, attempt at, at playing in a band? So my first attempt was while I was still at secondary school. It was called What If? Okay. And it was, uh, it was really bad. It was just me and two friends. I think we had one riff that we'd just kind of play over and over and try and turn it into into different songs, you know. It was awful. And then I think the first band that kind of did anything, like anything, I guess, there was a band, we, we were called Strive from Glory, I think. Or, oh, we had so many names, I can't even remember. That's so um, But that was the first kind of band that played shows. We'd play like small metal shows and stuff. It was, you know, that typical, I guess, metalcore kind of sound, I guess. Mm-hmm. I played guitar in that band. And then... Uh, after that, just, just, just kind of playing with a few friends. And then I got in a band called Burn Down Rome that were already signed to like a pretty decent label. They already had a record out and I, I joined them as the bass player. That was kind of where it started to actually be, I, I guess, proper shows and touring a little bit, you know? Right. Well, who, what, what label were you guys on? Because the name uh, sounds vaguely familiar. It was Visible Noise. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was cool. I, I was a huge fan of the band and then I, I think I was going to... I was walking past a tattoo shop one day in London and the singer came up to me with a, like a postcard, I guess, for the new record that they were putting out. And I knew him and I, we got chatting just because I knew who he was. And then uh, I think about a month later, he, just, he messaged me online and just being like, oh, our bass player's just left. Do you play bass by any chance? And I didn't. I didn't even have a bass. But I said yes. Right. And I went and, went, and, went and tried out 
and yeah, I got into that band. That's kind of where it started, like touring. That's how I got used to that, I guess. Right. That's amazing. I, I, I love the stories of bass players just because like 98% <laughs> of the time, it's usually like, oh, I kind of play guitar. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. Mm. I, I, there are very rare instances where you hear a person who is like, oh, bass guitar was like my thing, dude. Like I, I didn't yeah, even I, touch a guitar. I, 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 I grew up learning bass. <laughs> Right. Unless they like are highly influenced by like less less Claypool from Primus or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. But, um, so yeah, you, I played bass in, in a bunch of bands after that, just because of that reason. Right. And so, did you did you immediately like I guess kind of the the touring experience and kind of being in a more uh, serious band? Yeah, I loved it. It was incredible. I mean, I was I can't remember how old I was, maybe seventeen at the time. And I was still living with mum and dad, and we, I, was, I, was, I had a job at the time, but we were yeah, going on tours, like going around Europe, and we went to Spain in another band. Yeah, it was awesome. It was such an experience, and I, I just really loved it, and I kind of, I didn't want to stop doing it, you know? Right. Yeah. What, what were you doing? So after you graduated secondary school, did you did you go to college at all, or you immediately just started to kind of... So, yeah, I went to a college and doing like music performance and production, but I think I lasted... I don't know, maybe two, three months, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. And I, I got, it was a terrible college. Like our tutors, we'd spend all the time just in the, in the cafeteria or the canteen, just, just drinking coffee or whatever. And just, right. we never really learnt much. And I, I had a bad experience. Like I got mugged on a, on the train up there one day and I was just like, this isn't worth it. I'm never going back. Yeah. And I never did. That's brutal. So do you, well, yeah. tell me about the, uh, cause I mean, I personally have never been mugged in my life, but, uh, what, so like you were just sitting there and someone came up to you and stole yeah, your we were, money? Yeah, me and, me and my friend were on a, on the train there. I think we were on the way, on the way home. And yeah, it was an empty train, middle of the day. And he just, these guys just came up. I, I think, um, he like knocked, knocked me out and like punched my friend and like took our phones and stuff. And I was just like, I'm not enjoying this college course enough to, to risk that again, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this, it, 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 this isn't probably working. a, yeah, probably a bad decision, but you know, is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so then, uh, so, so then what, what sort of jobs were you doing after the fact that you were, you were, I presume you were obviously trying to find a job that allowed you to tour as well. Like you were trying to balance those two. Well, yeah. And then obviously we moved away from London after that. And then we came here and then I had a job in a factory making these tiny little like metal components that go into plug sockets. And I think I lasted three days on my third lunch break. I was just, I just went to my manager. I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I'm too young to be stuck in this factory. And I left on my lunch break. And then I was painting, um, like the playground in my mum's school, the school that I went to, uh-huh. I was doing that for a little while. And then I got a job, um, like a retail job, which I, I was there for like seven years after that. I was really, that one kind of stuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I can, I, it's just so funny because like, obviously a lot of manufacturing, you know, kind of still happens in America, but you really very rarely in most major cities, you don't hear of kids, you know, whatever, 17, 18 years old, like getting a job in a factory. Like that's a rare, yeah. but it, like so many people in the UK, like that's still uh, not a common experience, but people sign up to work at the factory, you know, and I just find it so funny. Yeah. You were there for three days. And yeah. Said, nope. Three days. I remember the interview too. I, I turned up for my interview for that job and I wore a suit and everything. I really tried and I got there and there was other people taking the interviews. They were just in jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> I love I love how earnest that was too. Where you're just like, I'm gonna nail it. And you're like, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I got the job, but <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So technically, you were you you dressed for the part. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
And so then, because uh, you, you, how long have you been married now? Uh, it's come up for two years now. Okay, yeah, I didn't know exactly when that that sort of transpired. If you had been married for, and you've been with her for how many years prior to that? Like a, we got married after I think six months. Uh, we got engaged after about six months of being together. It was really quick. Oh, okay, Haven't been yeah. together forever, you know. So he, right, the, the, the whirlwind. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. But it was awesome. That's right. Um, and so then, uh, so then as you were uh, obviously, uh, you know, working the retail job and uh, doing the band stuff on the side, um, yeah. was it uh, you? Were you always kind of like looking for those sort of opportunities to, you know, play in more serious bands or did you kind of want to, you know, start the thing on your own as well? No, I didn't ever really picture starting any other bands. I mean, that band that I was talking about, we, we kind of broke up and then with the, the drummer and the guitarist of that band, they started another band, which is got to, I kind of tore off it straight away and they asked me to join that too. We carried on, but I never really pictured, um, like starting a band on my own or anything like that. And then even after, and then that band, you know, sadly kind of broke up or I left and then broke up or whatever. And, uh, I never really, I always wanted to tour, but I never really saw it as like a, a priority, if that makes sense. I didn't think anything would ever come of it. Interesting. You know? Yeah. yeah. Obviously I wanted to do it as much as I possibly could, but in my mind, having a job and getting paid and, you know, that was more important at the time. Right. Right. But did you did you feel like you had I guess the the confidence to be able to like do something on your own or was it just like that was too far too foreign of an idea? I was always writing songs and recording like little things at home, but nothing that I'd ever put out or no that that, that kind of took a little while to come out I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like okay, I think I think I'm at a spot now where I can do this. Yeah, I I wish I could go and find my old computer and find all these old songs. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I well, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you would listen to him and obviously cringe, but then I imagine, yeah. <laughs> I imagine many people would be like, would find value out of it too. Like maybe probably, probably the same way where it's like, you know, well, obviously like when Chris Caraba first started his dashboard confessional stuff, it's not like, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure I mean, he, he was proud of it himself, but like, I'm sure he could never have calculated that people cared about it as much as <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Basically, I'm just telling you to just do your own solo thing, right? I'm just going to break up the band on this podcast right now. Just <laughs> yeah, that's it. I know what to do now. <laughs> um and so then uh did you because honestly i don't know exactly how moose blood kind of you know came together like was this uh was was it an already existing unit and you kind of stepped into it or how did that no so it was um i was playing in a i guess like a kind of noisy kind of noise band with with mark and we were working together at the time he was he was my boss Oh, at that retail store. Okay, yeah. And what, we, we were, we were, what, store, what store was that? Uh, it's super dry. Okay. It's like a clothing store. Yeah. You know, it's pretty big. Sure. Over here. I'm not sure about over there. I've just, much, I've just heard, I've just heard of it. I, I'm not, we don't, I'm yeah. fairly certain we don't have over here. Um, yeah. So I was, um, I was playing in, in a band with him and we, we, we kind of got really close really quickly, you know, me and him, we, like best friends almost instantly. So we were, we were playing music together and then he was also in another band with Glenn called Take Courage with like a, I guess like another hardcore band. And, uh, yeah, I just started writing. I moved home back to my parents and I just started writing. I had like a Mac and I was just kind of, kind of getting the grasp on garage bands, you know, and I was just writing songs just a little bit different. And I wanted someone to sing on it, but didn't really know anyone to do it. So I did it. I kind of sung and wrote, wrote the lyrics for it and I showed Mark and it kind of turned into a band that way. 
you know. Got it. Got it. That's, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, like, so when you started to actually sing and do that for the first time, was it, uh, were you, I presume pretty like critical of yourself or was it just like, this will, this is good enough? Yeah, it was, I didn't think it was great, but like I said, I didn't know anyone else that I wanted to sing on it. So it kind of had to do, it was one of those. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You're, you're like, this, this is, this is just purely functional. I'm not good at this, but I'm just going to get this down so I can show somebody else. Yeah, I, you know, and it was the same. I've said it before. Is we never really expected anyone to listen to it or to do anything with it. So it was just a, it was just something there. So the song would become more of a song, you know? Right. Yeah. So, that's cool. Okay, listen. I'm here to tell you. I wouldn't say one last time because I want Blue Apron to still send me free stuff and be involved with their company because I love it so much. So, Blue Apron, first of all, before you do anything else, go to blueapron.com slash words and I will give you three free meals with free shipping. So, basically, I'm getting you dinner. And what's Blue Apron? Blue Apron ships you an amazing box full of the freshest ingredients around for you to prepare home-cooked meals. And I know that sounds a little daunting, but it's amazing because what they do everything's pre-prepared in the sense of they give you the right portions and then all you got to do is chop the veggies put it in a bowl put it in whatever it is you use to uh you know make things obviously as you can tell i'm not a professional cook but uh and then 40 minutes later you have a beautiful home-cooked meal and so yeah blueapron.com slash words three free meals and so let me let me tell you some of the rad stuff that they send you this month in july spinach and basil pesto gnocchi with summer squash green beans and fresh mozzarella spice porked tacos porked spiced pork tacos with avocado pickled onion and a low style corn or summer vegetable pizza with garlic lemon broccolini broccolini what the hell is that i don't know i haven't had that one yet but so i'm vegan so i do some substitutions here and there but if you're a vegetarian amazing options if you like to eat the meat amazing options as well so basically it's got something for everybody and for less than ten dollars a meal you can't beat the value and plus you don't have to waste time by going to the grocery store figuring out whatever stuff you got to get in order to make this thing it's all easy stuff so go to blueapron.com slash words w-o-r-d-s and i get three free meals with free shipping from blue apron a better way to cook you you also strike me speaking about more uh, you know you as an individual you because how old are you right now i'm 25 okay you 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 seem to carry yourself as a as a much older individual. Like um, I hear that a lot, actually. Right, and so I mean, what do you attribute that to? Anything? Like, because I mean, obviously, it sounds like you know you you had a relatively stable home life. It wasn't like yeah, of had, course, you had to like take care of yourself or whatever. In you know, like oh, my mom was working all the time, so I had to make all my meals myself or something. Oh no, yeah, it was nothing like that. I don't I don't really know. Like maybe living like growing up like the younger years younger years but when i was like an early teen i guess maybe it being a bit rougher where I, where i was from maybe i had to kind of stick up for myself a little bit more or i'm not too sure i think i've just always been a bit old for my years i don't know <laughs> <laughs> did you like when you were referencing obviously the the rough area that you lived in like you know did yeah. you actually have to get in like a lot of fights and protect yourself or was it one of those things where you were just kind of always trying to avoid certain situations yeah, I definitely tried to avoid it. I used to, um, I mean, it got it got quite bad at one point. I, whenever I used to get go to London for like shows and meet my friends and stuff, like my dad would come meet me at the train station and walk me home and things like that. I didn't, yeah, I never went out looking for any trouble. I was far too scared. Right. You're, you're not trying to be the neighborhood enforcer. <laughs> definitely not. 
<laughs> just get home as quickly as possible. That was my plan. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't strike me as uh, your personality of being the uh, neighborhood vigilante. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I just found that interesting. Like you, 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 you carry yourself as a person who's in their, you know, maybe late twenties or early thirties. But um, yeah, I, mean, I've, I've always, I guess I've always had kind of older friends too. So maybe that's rubbed off a little bit. Oh yeah, that's that. That makes yeah. sense. Where yeah, you can yeah. see you can see how older people react and like carry themselves where you're just like oh yeah i don't like i don't i don't act like that you know my other 14 year old peers or whatever yeah <laughs> i'm not a, i'm not a total spaz and goofball um the uh kind of referencing what we were talking about earlier in regards to um each progressive step of of you know moose blood getting recognition and you uh you know getting more of attention whether it's like more people at shows or whatever um you you know you obviously don't believe it you're just like this is weird i don't understand this this doesn't make any sense it's, it's crazy yeah. <laughs> and so like when um when for yourself uh not saying that like you were like oh i expected this to happen but like when did it feel i guess more uh real for you like you know when you're like oh wow like i guess i guess i'm knee deep in this i guess this is like what we're really doing with this band you know when did it kind of it doesn't have to be one specific moment but just something that kind of really triggered it in your head i think there was a few i mean the the first ep we put out went down way better than we thought and we had some nice reviews just off blogs and things and then i guess people yeah like you say more people started coming to shows and then there was we put out the boston orlando like um double a side single and it's it wasn't it was limited to 50 or whatever which is nothing but it sold out with like under a minute or something that really kind of blew us away and then i think after um yeah after we recorded the first record and then we were offered like a bunch of tours that we just couldn't say no to and then we all kind of gave in our jobs and started doing this or tried to do this full time i think that was when it really sunk in that you know, maybe this is not going anywhere massive but it's actually turning into something you know right that there's momentum yeah right. the fact that we had the option to do that was just kind of crazy right was it uh was there any i speaking more so for yourself and not obviously the rest of the band but like was there any sort of fear or trepidation uh from your part when obviously the you know push came to shove and you're like dude i gotta leave my retail job like this is something yeah. that's been so huge in my life for a long time it was the scariest thing that i think i'm ever gonna do uh, it was petrifying like, like i was living with my wife and my kid it was a it was a huge deal to do you know i mean we have we have bills to pay we have rent to pay it was a huge thing but the tours were getting offered and just the opportunity to do that was just something i couldn't say no to and i think i would have regretted it for such a long time you know if i didn't just just take that chance i guess yeah so how did how did the uh how did the quitting look like you know you walked in and kind of gave your two weeks and uh, was that was that tough for your boss to understand or was mark still your boss yeah mark was my boss so he was about to do it too so it worked out pretty well dude that's amazing (laughs) i know i think i i think i did it about a month before he did and then uh yeah then he did it after it was it worked out it was all right <laughs> that's funny you guys obviously had to plan that appropriately where you're like all right I'm yeah. gonna go first. you're gonna go second <laughs> pretty much <laughs> well i mean I, i'd been there for like seven years i was like i'm definitely gonna be the one first i want to have a month off before we start with it <laughs> <laughs> you're like i put the time in yeah <laughs> that's cool and obviously, obviously i presume that um you know, your, your wife is obviously supportive, but I'm sure also, you know, scared at the decision as well. Of course. But, um, she, she's in the next room. She might hear me, but she's been incredible. <laughs> like, right. um, yeah, like she couldn't have been more, more supportive and kind of, she knew that I, it was something I really wanted to do. And yeah, she was great about it. Um, awesome. I was really lucky, you know? 
Yeah, well, you can't say anything bad about her right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that now. Of course. <laughs> um, and kind of on that same tip, too, um, The because uh, obviously since you played in uh, a bunch of different bands with varying yeah. levels of success, um, was w- did you feel like your enthusiasm, um, I guess, grow over time? Or were there parts where you're just like, oh, maybe this whole band thing, like, I don't know, maybe this isn't, uh, I guess, worth it or whatever? Or was it, uh, did you have to like push through any sort of, uh, you know, dark times in your head in regards to that? Um, I mean, with the band just before this one, there was definitely points where I wasn't enjoying it too much. And I never wanted to stop doing it, but there was points where I didn't, I guess it didn't have my, my full attention and I wasn't really giving it a hundred percent i guess but nothing I, I don't think i've ever not wanted to do it you know Got it's it. like, I, I just really enjoy it but like it's it's kind of keeps my brain ticking i guess i like writing music and i see yeah, i just love it <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i could i could tell just though honestly the way you speak about it it's one of those things like whether or not there was any level of success in you know you playing music publicly like you you know you couldn't take that guitar out of your hand if yeah if no one liked this band we'd probably still be writing the music you know right you'd still be doing it yeah you know we're lucky enough that the other boys we get along pretty well you know (laughs) (laughs) and that's something that i I was actually going to talk about a little bit later but i find so interesting too where um i I, i've said this about um there's really only two bands out of many of the bands i mean there's there's uh maybe one or two i can think of here uh in america that have this weird like a band like between the buried and me where it's like those dudes have been friends for you know 20 years and with the exception of like the bass player who came in like 10 years ago or whatever but yeah between like you guys and then uh you know i'm really close with the guys and architects too i find it so i find it so strange because like you guys are actually you know really really deep friends on like a human to human level first yeah we really are and it's uh, like i just use this example of like you know architects like they you know they go on holidays together and like after a tour and i'm just like that makes no sense whatsoever but it's like (laughs) they do it because it makes sense and it's their friends and like i noticed the same sort of thread with you guys too where it's like yeah you go obviously when you get home from tour you do your own things but um you know, I, I don't know. I just find it so interesting that you guys are, are, are so close to like that. I think, yeah, we, I mean, especially me and Mark, I mean, I wasn't overly as close to the other boys beforehand. I am now, of course, but me and Mark were so close before as well, before the band even started. So, I, so that's just kind of carried on. And then, yeah, with, with Kyle and Glenn, it's just carried on. I've made some of like, them two are so close to me. They're some of my best friends now, you know. And uh, we, we go through a lot together. You think, I guess we tour so much, especially last year, to see the amount of touring we've done and so many new experiences together. We've just, it's just kind of brought us closer. Yeah, we, we like being around each other. It's pretty lucky. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, most people that uh, get into Boost Blood immediately, uh, you know, dissect your lyrics and are saying they're obviously so, you know, relatable and so real and everything, you know, all the hyperbole that's been poured upon <laughs> the band in regards to your your lyrical content. Um, yeah. There's, I've always not struggled with this idea, but just like the... Um, the idea of uh, of you have to be writing from like a dark place, you know. It's like all, all of the songs about you know either negative energy or depression or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, uh, it, whereas like y- you seem to be able to address those sort of you know either isolation or loneliness or those issues, but you don't seem like this you know deeply dark and depressed individual. Like how um, you know does does that does that stuff kind of rattle around in your head in a weird way? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously everyone goes through things and I guess there's, 
some darker stuff that maybe we want to talk about. But yeah, I'm 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 pretty happy and like I, I think it's nice to talk about certain things like that, especially with, with songs and try and kind of make them more uplifting. And do you know what I mean? Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you try you you're not uh, deliberately avoiding the uh, you know whatever dark topics or whatever, but like you're trying to um, be encouraging about that. I guess so. I mean, we're really honest with, with our lyrics, and we kind of try and talk talk about things as as kind of openly as we can. But without, I don't want to. I don't want each song to to sound really sad or anything. You know, I like uplifting music, and I really like um like this song, especially on the new record as well, and a couple on the old on the old record. Just I like singing about happy stuff too. You know, like there's some songs about me and my wife and like family and stuff. You know, I, I think it's nice to. Do. Have a, have a bit of both, yeah. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, it's, it, I just find it so interesting because so many people, it, you know, really concentrate on the fact that it's like, oh man, and this person doesn't seem like miserable, you know, like how could they be writing about <laughs> this? And it's like, well, you can write about happy stuff too. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to, and also, you don't, I guess you don't have to be like miserable or real upset to, to talk about like kind of upsetting things or dark things that happened, you know? You right. don't have to take. You don't have to go go at it with that attitude. You know. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. The uh, w- one of the uh, I'm sure pivotal experiences for you, and you know, I was able to witness it somewhat firsthand in regards to you guys coming over here and playing Warp Tour for the first time, um, which yeah. was essentially. Um, you know, your first real shows in the United States. It was um, just nuts. <laughs> no, I know. It, I just, it, leading up to it, I just kept going around in my head where I'm like, this is so bizarre that they get to do that. Like, very rare instances that happens. Um, so yeah, how, crazy. you know, yeah, as you were leading up to it, and obviously leading up to, you know, I know you mentioned in a couple of other interviews where the, the Chain Reaction show you guys sold out was really, uh, you know, pivotal for you guys as well. Um, yeah. You know, h- how did you kind of process each show as it kind of came along where it was either, you know, better than the last or like, Oh, this one, you know, wasn't as good. Like, or were they all just like, I can't even believe we're here. Just like every, every moment felt kind of surreal. I, I think a lot of it was, yeah, like really surreal. I mean, I remember the first show and it was, we, we were so scared. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. Really. We were so nervous and we didn't have any of our own gear apart from our guitars. You know, we didn't right. know how we were going to sound or anything like that. And it was that kind of that kind of fear, I guess, carried on for a while. But then, yeah, like I said, the first show was so many people came and like a bunch of people sang. And then every, pretty much every day we had a, like so many people came to watch us, like so many more than we thought was going to even know who we were. And then singing, yeah, it was crazy. I don't think we expected it anyway. So yeah, it was just yeah, still. And I'm smiling now to think about it. It's pretty cool. Right. It, it definitely was. I mean, it was special for me to watch, not only because, you know, I, I love you guys as human beings, but just like watching the um, the the reactions of all your guys' faces at that, you know, Pomona show where it was just like, you're like, what what is this? Like, this is yes, that, like, 800 people are watching us. I know. I mean, obviously, some like you're saying, some shows were better than others, but we were just so just overwhelmed by being there and having the opportunity. And we were lucky enough that yeah at least a handful of people came watch this every day you know so it it was great listen are you a web designer no well neither am i but there is an amazing company that will be able to help you take those rad ideas you have in your head and put it on the internet so weebly first off Go to Weebly.com slash words. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash words. And once you're there, you can get started. 
And what do I mean by get started? Basically, you take that business idea, that portfolio, whatever it is you've had rattling around in your head, and you can bring it to life. So and, and when I say bring it to life, I'm not talking about coding where you have to become a professional and understand what it is that you're doing with websites. Basically, they make this drag and drop super, super simple for you. It's They have templates. It's beautiful. So basically, you'll be able to take this idea, get it onto the internet, start making money, start making moves, become an entrepreneur, whatever it is you want from this website they will give it to you. So go to weebly.com slash words. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com slash words and join over the 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Just do it up, okay? And how did, how did you enjoy the, uh, I guess, the acoustic experience? I mean, I'm sure it was fun, obviously, on a, on a different level. Um, yeah. But did you, because uh, that was the first time you really had done that beyond like maybe one or two, you know. Yeah, I've done a, like a, a couple of sessions or whatever for certain websites. But yeah, that's the first time I've ever, ever, ever sorry, played shows just on my own and just me and a guitar. I really enjoyed it, actually. I found it it was just a bit of, kind of out of my comfort zone and I quite enjoyed that although it was a little bit tougher sometimes when the boys would just be laying on their bunks you know and I'd have to go play another set but right. it, but apart from that it was I really enjoyed it and people were lovely again like people came and watched me every day which you know can't ask for more than that yeah you're like that's that's weird like hey you know yeah. what band just played you don't need to watch me again yeah exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> and you would you would notice people too that would kind of watch both sets in a day it's like there's so many incredible bands playing why are you watching me again you know <laughs> <laughs> totally totally um and the uh obviously like you mentioned your lyrical content in regards to you know writing about your your daughter and, and your wife yeah um and the uh, obviously having uh, you know having a kid uh, as early as you have because how old's your daughter now? She's six. She's six. So yeah. So you had her when you were what nineteen? No, well she's she's my stepdaughter. So oh okay, got it. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I've I've been a part of her life since she was three. Okay, got it, got it. But yeah. that's I mean still you're you know obviously oh yeah I was you're I was like 20, 22, 23, you know right right um and so yeah that's a, that's always an interesting dynamic to kind of step into the role of you know being a father but you know not biologically speaking um was that uh d- did you kind of Im- immediately take to it or was it something where you're just like okay i need to i guess kind of learn how to be it just because you know and i i wouldn't fault you if you're like yeah i had to learn it because you're only yeah. you know, 23 years old so how, how did I, that experience I, it was a huge <clears throat> it was a huge deal i mean it was definitely nothing that i ever expected when i was a little bit younger I didn't expect to to kind of jump into that you know but I, I loved it. it kind of I kind of just enjoyed it from as soon as I met her like we got along so well and like I can honestly say she's the best thing that's ever happened to me you know and it kind of started straight away we just she, she makes me laugh so much you know yeah it just right. started straight away and I think maybe it took me a little while to get into certain certain parts especially when we kind of all moved in together and I guess being like a proper father figure I guess it it, it takes a little time i guess but yeah it's been great i've enjoyed it a lot yeah well that's anytime anybody asks me any pieces of advice as far as like you know oh like being a parent because like my son's five and it's one of those things where it's like the the, to me and i'm sure you can experience or you can attest to this too where it's like you realize that no parent has any idea what they're doing (laughs) everyone just tries their best but then like you know once you have a kid you reflect on like how your parents took care of you and you were just like 
why did they do that? Like, that seems bizarre. But then you're just like, oh, that was probably the best information that they had at that time. And like, exactly. Yeah. I guess that's how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, like, yeah, like you say, loads of things. I think back about when I was a kid and stuff and think about my mom and dad. It's like, oh, now I know that they were like, even little things like, um, like trying to do stuff for a day out or whatever, but you've got no money. And like, I think I remember thinking, why are we doing this? And it's like, no, they're just, they're just, kind of just trying to make the best of like whatever we can do with that day. Do you know what I mean? Like little things like that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. You're like, your parents like, I get it that, now. Yeah. Right. Your parents goal that day was to spend $0, but have fun. So how are yeah. you going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and so then, uh, the, uh, something, something that I find, uh, so bizarre that Glenn just recently shared with me, the drummer of your band where you don't have a personal email that I, like, no, are you, are, okay. Like, so you, I did. Okay, okay. I had one. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. Please, please. Um, um, yeah, I had one just before we went like that. I've had forever. And I went on walk tour and used a different phone and, tried logging into like my Instagram, my Twitter, my email on that different phone. And because I was so far away, they thought someone was trying to hack into the, into all these accounts. And I, I got back my Twitter and my Instagram, but I couldn't get my email back. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause they, so I, I went onto the email and they had made, they said to confirm, um, to confirm that it is you give me another email address. And I put in my old email address stupidly and they sent the, the the new password to that email address but that i had completely forgot the, the email address like the password for that email address if that makes sense I, yeah it was my fault completely right okay I, that was I, that was confusing so no no it's a, i i appreciate you explaining it because I, I found it so i was like you know you don't seem like a guy that's like rallying against technology where you're just like, oh Dude, no I'm off, the, I'm off the grid i don't want anybody to contact me or whatever not at all it was just me being silly and uh yeah sending my new password to an old email address basically so yeah i can't get into it so i have it somewhere but sure can't get into it (laughs) yeah it's not not in your control anymore yeah (laughs) that's funny um it also uh, something that i always find interesting with singers and bands is like the business of the band always kind of tends to fall you know on the singer's shoulders just because it's like oh they're the person that's like up front and you know maybe the most outgoing or social mm-hmm. person but obviously that's not really been your role in the band like were not you at all <laughs> <laughs> so you immediately kind of pulled yourself out of that sort of like i don't like i mean you care about the business obviously but you don't you know you're not you're not saying it's a strength of yours. Definitely not. I mean, I, I mean, I, I kind of deal with. We all do it as much as we can as, as a group or whatever. But I guess I'm, I'm probably the worst at that. So I kind of let other people, I guess, try and make certain decisions and things like that. I guess, but um, I try as much as I can. Right. <laughs> You're like, I try to the best of my ability. But like, yeah, exactly. Ever- did you ever like book shows for any of your bands or anything like that? Or was that something? No, nah, that's what I mean. I've never, I mean, luckily, like you're saying, Glenn does so much of that. Well, especially when we started, Glenn kind of sorted everything. I mean, I started the Facebook when, when I had just a demo, but apart from that, he's kind of done everything up until management. And yeah, I've never booked a show. I don't think any band I've ever been in, I don't think I've ever really right. done anything apart from play. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. It's terrible. No, not to, I, I, there always needs to be like there always needs to be one business person and then obviously it's like you know everybody else can kind of contribute in their own ways and so yeah obviously obviously you know you do your thing so don't don't beat yourself up eddie thanks mate that makes me feel better <laughs> i mean I, I answer emails as much as i can i think 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and how how is it for you? Because I mean, you're not a private person, but obviously, like I said, you're you're, you're kind of reserved and um, you're you're introspective. So, like, how is it when you're interacting with people who obviously have this really really emotional connection to you know your band and obviously what you're singing about? Like, I know there ha- there has to be some sort of um, uh, fatigue from that perspective, and not just like you're like oh like I can't deal with these people right now, but just in the like. Oh my god! I just heard like I just got in the three conversations about like you know their boyfriend or girlfriend breaking up with them and like this song yeah. got me through it or whatever you know how how have you has that been a struggle for you to kind of figure out how to emotionally um, you know kind of make yourself available yet also protect yourself? I mean, I, I I'm not sure. I really quite enjoy it actually. It's, it's nice to kind of hear people, especially like say when people say how they've connected with certain things and. I find it nuts. I've said this before in other interviews that I find it nuts that people even want to come and talk to us. So I really, I've got a lot of time for it. So it's, it's, I don't think I've ever found it too hard. I mean, some people, you might get the odd person that maybe talks about certain lyrics or certain songs a little bit too in depth, maybe. I find that quite difficult sometimes, but I really like it. It's nice that people want to open up, you know, I guess. Right, right. So y- y- you find the conversations being uh, a little difficult when people are being like tr- trying to be super specific with you, or like, what does this sentence mean? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say difficult. More that I just don't. I'm not very like I'm like you say. I am really shy and quiet, so I don't really like talking about certain things to like all the time. So sometimes I get it. not difficult, but I find it a little bit. Uh, I, I guess out of my comfort zone sometimes. But it's great that people even are interested, you know. So I can't really complain. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just the only reason I ask that because there's definitely um, you know most lyricists that are kind of you know the heart and the sleeve people. Those are the yeah. ones where it's like you know because obviously when you write these songs and you write these lyrics, you don't you don't have the vision of like oh man this is going to connect with hundreds of kids and then it does. And no. Then you have to like reckon with that where it's like oh okay like how does you know how does this thing I wrote three years ago resonate with this person yeah. right now you know but i think it's awesome I, I love talking to people and then they i guess talk about how they've connected with a certain song and i love it you know when people have taken a certain lyric or what i'm singing about in such a different way to what it was actually about and i love kind of hearing what people have taken from certain lyrics and certain lines that i'm singing you know i think that's awesome right right for sure um and the uh the last thing i would kind of want to hit on was the uh was the fact that they're um there's there's always this this attention that's that's paid to uh bands in the uk uh, in regards to you know publicity where it's one of those things where um you know the magazines that are over there like not disparaging them but it's just such a different uh press culture over there where it's like mm. you know the the more sensational they can be i mean i guess you can obviously say the same thing about what we do over here with the <laughs> or, you know our publications on the internet but like you know whatever your kerangs and your nmes like those are um you know, a lot of the times have been accused of being, you know, tabloids and, you know, not in a bad way. That's just the way that the UK culture yeah. is. Has that, have you had to kind of reckon with that in certain ways where it's like, okay, I can't, you know, I can't maybe say my truest feelings on this because it may, you know, get me in trouble in certain instances, or is that something that is just relatively easy for you to avoid? Um, I mean, we haven't, I mean, um, <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, I mean we, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Obviously, I'm just saying, like, no, of course, gen- generic, I mean, yeah, like certain, certain, I guess, certain, like you're saying, certain magazine, magazines over here are a little bit more on the on the gossip. Is that what you mean? Like on the gossipy side, and like more? Is that what you mean by tabloids? Is that what you mean? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just like just people either you know trying to uh, interview you in a certain way, or just like you know how basically how you've tried to navigate that world of you know um, maybe people trying to get you to say something you know sensationalistic or something. Okay, yeah, I mean, you get you get people talking to you that kind of try to put not to put answers in your like not trying to make you say a certain thing, but they'll kind of direct a question in a way that you're only going to answer it. Is that like that kind of thing? Is that what you mean? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, I'm like you say. I'm really quiet, so I, I'm really bad at interviews normally. So I don't talk too much anyway. So I'm kind of <laughs> kind of get past it. All. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So you're just like, yeah. well, I, I, as long as people don't talk to me, it's okay. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm just I'm just t- terrible at talking normally. I mean, um, so <laughs> when it gets into certain interviews and, and things like that with certain magazines, and yeah, I kind of get away with it just by. Yeah, just saying one or two words, <laughs> being right. shy, so they move on. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can just lean on your persona of being the guy, the guy of few words, and just that's, yeah, you know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was saying to my wife earlier about about talking to you, and I was like, I'm so happy that I know you really well because it's going to make it a lot easier because I, I couldn't talk to a, a stranger for an hour in any way, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, if someone came up to you and was like, "Hey, can you talk to me for an hour?" You're like, "I got five minutes." Yeah, I was like, "I'll pass this on to one of the other boys because I'm going to do terribly." <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad I can make you say uh, more than more than five minutes worth of words. Oh, of course. You know, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Eddie. This has honestly been super fun for me, and honestly educational as well because there are many uh, holes in the uh, the Eddie story that I wasn't aware of. So this was a, oh, this okay. was well, I hope, a pleasure. I hope I did all right. Thank you. So that was Eddie, right? So good. I just, uh, it, the, the words humble and obviously all that sort of stuff come to mind, but it's, uh, they just, they're so happy to play in a band and like have people care about it. It's, uh, it's just a really cool thing to watch a person go through that and then have any sort of level of success and then have that not change them in any capacity and just still be excited for every new thing that comes along. I just always like that because, I mean, I think it's a very valuable life lesson in general. The more you expect things to come to you, uh, the less happy you'll be overall. Because uh, I'm not saying like, you know, never expect anything good to happen to you. But the more you have just realistic expectations and just uh, being humble with whatever it is you're doing, you're going to be happier about it. I know that for a fact. I never expected this show to be as large or important or as big of a part of my life as it was when I started it. But it is now. And I'm just so shocked that's, that people listen to it on a weekly basis and communicate with me and say that the show's good or say the show's bad. They just communicate with me in general. So, um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm glad that that's uh, a part of many people's lives. And I think it's very indicative of our independent music scene. So, anyways, thank you very much, Eddie, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And thank you very much for listening to the show. So, like I said, I'll keep these things short because, um, yeah, I'm just beat. So, anyways, until next week, please be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.